Hello, everybody. This is the Cincinnati Herald podcast. I'm your host, John Alexander Reese, digital editor of the Cincinnati Herald. If you don't know, the Cincinnati Herald has been around since 1955 and is the largest African American newspaper in the greater Cincinnati area. And today, I have my guests with me, co-host and media consultant, Andrea Carter. How are you doing today, Andrea? Fine, John. How are you? I'm doing good. I also have Circulation Director, Wade Lacey Sr. with me. How are you doing, Wade? How are you doing, John? It's good to be here. Good to have you. And we also have our Herald intern, Suhana Sinhan. How are you doing today, Suhana? I'm doing fantastic, John. Let's have a great show today. Definitely. And we also have our other Herald intern, Maeve Hamlet. How are you doing today, Maeve? I'm great, John. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. So we'll head into the top news stories of the week. President Joe Biden will make his first presidential visit to Cincinnati on July 21st for a CNN town hall, the network reported Tuesday afternoon. The event, moderated by CNN anchor Don Lemon, will air on CNN at 8 o'clock p.m. that day. CNN expects it to focus on topics including COVID-19, which is making a minor resurgence in the United States due to vaccine hesitancy and the highly contagious Delta variant and the economy. Andrea, what are your thoughts on Joe Biden visiting Cincinnati for a town hall? I think it's fantastic. I mean, Cincinnati is a great backdrop um, for a town hall. We don't get recognized as often as we would like to for town halls. I mean, it's very rare that we're used, but we have been used before by, by sitting presidents. Um, in fact, I remember I attended one with, um, I'm dating myself, George Bush down at Union Terminal. Uh, which I thought was very well received, even though there were protesters outside. Um, I, I think it's fantastic. It, it's a great showing for the Cincinnati. Wade, your thoughts on this story? Yeah, I, I too agree. I think it's real good for the city. It makes us look very good. And also, I think they are, the, the Democratic Party is looking to the future. If they know how important Ohio is, and they would really like to win it uh, in the next presidential election. And I think they are making uh, stops here. Uh, look, seems like it will be pretty frequent now, and uh, they're trying to, uh, I think, get a foothold uh, for the next election to uh, uh, pull some more votes from Ohio. Suhana, your thoughts? Um, I think, John, for conversations about many small Midwestern towns around the United States of America, often it's the West Coast or the East Coast or the Texas or maybe the North that gets recognized, but Midwest, which is such a huge area, um, has is not at its glory, I would say, for a while now. And uh, it is n- nice that uh, President Biden has a very holistic approach to come and see what's up with these towns and, and understands that the so many small towns in America cumulatively make what America what it is. And uh, it's been a very long time since... Um, so many leaders have focused on the core corners of the country. And finally, it's time that after such a long period, a president is looking into the, the center of this country. Uh, I think there are so many developments are meant to be done, like just how Kamala Harris visited about uh, improving the infrastructure for Cincinnati, and I'm sure many places uh, as such. President Biden's uh, recent admission to this list makes this whole situation more exciting and makes us like hopeful that there's more things coming ahead of us. Maeve, your thoughts on this story? 
Yeah, John, um, I think it's exciting uh, anytime a sitting president comes to Cincinnati. I really hope they can squeeze a conversation in about the bridge or something along those lines because um, we all know that's a big issue. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's exciting and uh, I hope there's not too bad of traffic jams because of it. Okay, moving on to our next story. Senate Democrats say they've reached a budget agreement envisioning spending an enormous $3.5 trillion over the coming decade. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced the Democrats' deal after a meeting with the Budget Committee on Tuesday. The deal would pave the way for their drive to pour federal resources into climate change, healthcare, and family service programs sought by President Joe Biden. Included in the deal is money to expand Medicare coverage for vision, hearing, and dental benefits. Andrea, your thoughts on this story? I think it's, it's, it's going to be a battle to get this through, but I think the Democrats are determined to make the country stronger by making the infrastructure stronger. We have so many roads and bridges that need rehabbing. Um, I mean, it, more and more accidents are going to happen on these roadways if we don't fix them up, especially those that serve or over bodies of water or over amounts of land. I think what they're trying to do also is shore up many different aspects of what makes the country great, making the working person more stronger, things like that. And I hope they push it through. I know there was a meeting today with the president, with the Senate Dems, and how they are agreeing to push this through and, and a few other bills on his broad agenda. So I hope it happens. Wade, your thoughts on this story? Uh, yeah, I think it'll go through over a lot of debating and fighting a little bit and everything. But uh, in the long run, uh, everybody's going to get paid. There'll be money in it for everybody, different programs and everything that, that uh, everyone supports. So uh, they'll do a little infighting and all that. But uh, in the end, uh, it'll go through in some form or fashion. Maybe not the whole $3.7 trillion, but uh, it's in everybody's best interest to go through it. Like Ms. Carter said, with the uh, infrastructure, that's so very important. Uh, that's a biggie right now. All over the country, uh, we have so many bridges and railroad systems and everything that are, that are in decay. And uh, it's important that somebody step forward and say, yeah, we need to go ahead and take care of this right now. I think all this stuff will, will go through. Uh, and it might not go be the full $3.7 trillion. But uh, like I said, everybody's got their own interest in this money. And even though they fight a little bit about it and everything. Suhana, your thoughts on this story? John, $3.5 trillion is a very huge amount. And I'm happy that uh, the Biden committee was like able to get, get through with it, like initially how they planned on getting this budget. And now they're finally getting it. I, I just hope like um, the investment is not mismanaged because Oftentimes in this whole struggle of getting this whole finance together, often it's the execution that fails. And uh, uh, in California, railroad construction, we had seen that when after a humongous investment, uh, the railroads were still not at the best shape for use around the country. I just hope like this time's investments is quite a good amount. Uh, a lot of things can be done and improved with it. And I'm sh I hope the, the current government has a plan how to deal with it. And uh, if they have got Senate's approval, then I'm sure there must be some metal to it. And it will be great if uh, we can see development sooner 
than like never seeing it happen again. Maeve, uh, your thoughts? Yeah, um, kind of like Suhana said, uh, I hope the execution goes smoothly. You know, it's kind of a, we don't know what's going to happen in the, in the future. We can't predict the future. So um, by looking at the plan, it looks like uh, it's going towards things that need fixed and um, institutions that need help. Um, I saw something, I think, about dental benefits and um, Medicare expansion, which is always good. But yeah, I think this is good. And I'm excited to see uh, how quickly you can notice differences in our um, environment. Moving on to our next story. Protesters took to the streets in Cuba on Sunday to protest shortages of medicine and the high cost of food amid the coronavirus pandemic. The demonstration was one of the largest anti-government rallies that the country has ever seen, at least in recent years. As of Wednesday, over 100 people have been arrested and one protester has died. Andrea, your thoughts on the Cuban protests of 2021? I was wondering if something was going to happen. I mean, the um, the Castro family had such a stronghold on Cuba for such a long time. And now that the um, the brothers stepped down and, you know, things are changing politically, I think it was a little weak for the new president to blame the United States for the problems that are going on in Cuba. We have nothing to do with Cuba. I, I just think that it's it's a very weak avoidance that the leadership is doing because they've had their way for so long and the people are kind of like you know we're a little tired and you know we want decent food and money to live so i i think they're going to get their comeuppance we'll just see what happens wade your thoughts on this story i guess this last 16 months has been the uh uh it just seems like uh everyone has been a little fed up and, and uh, protesting about different things around the world. Everybody's, it seems that fed up is a good word. <laughs> Everybody's just fed up with, with different government policies and everything. And they want to take things into their own hand and uh, to get things moving uh, for other people. I just want to see how this goes. This, this, uh, you think of Cuba, but you think it's small and everything and it blow over. But this could be the start of a different crisis that we don't want to get into. So I'll keep my eyes open. Suhana, your thoughts on this story? Um, John, United States every year provides asylum to millions of immigrants who try to come, who try to make uh, get a second chance in the United States of America after migrating from their country. The recent crisis that is arising in Haiti and Cuba, we see like there's going to be I, I believe there is going to be a greater movement now because it's for more than the regular crisis. It's also added up with the pandemic. I will not be harsh on America by saying that why aren't they not the one making sure that the situation is 100% fine there. But as a, an ally, I hope America provides its assistance. Uh, if it's intellectual assistance or resourceful assistance, because... Um, we have slowly started to gain our foot back into a normal life and economy. And uh, though we should look out for ourselves, if the rest of the world is burning around us, there is very little point in standing alone. Uh, it's not only out of humanitarian concerns, but because all this, all the countries in a B network, in a high network, provide each other with resources and infrastructure, which leads to further trades and 
the economy of a country, which is very essential at this point to recover. So not putting any kind of support or not keeping an eye on the rising turmoil in Cuba or Haiti is a long chain which can further create trouble for us as a country. So I'm sure the, the intelligence is doing as best as they can. And I just hope there's some form of stability achieved through vaccines and medicines. And I, I don't think it's a very hopeless situation. I think if right people provide right assistance, uh, like a vaccine production has a patent for vaccine shared among the manufacturers or the food not wasted and transported properly. If all the risk, if people do their people do their position right, I, I think the crisis can be controlled to a great extent. But uh, I'm 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 just sitting here and talking, not the one sitting and deciding. So uh, let's see what the esteemed government of several countries come to conclusion. Maeve, your thoughts on this news story? You know, uh, Cuba's gone through so many hardships over the past 50 years. I can't even imagine uh, how bad the pandemic must have been there. I mean, I don't think it's too crazy of a take, but I, I think everybody deserves, you know, basic rights like uh, food, shelter and water. So I think if their government's sitting back and the um, majority of their people don't have those uh, rights um, and what they need to survive, I think that's a big issue. Cuba is really, really close to America. I think it's like less than 100 miles off the coast uh, of Florida. And, um, you know, that's our neighbors. And I was always uh, taught growing up to look out for your neighbors. So I think uh, America should definitely step in and see what they can do to help them. And moving on to our next story. Zayla Avant-Garde is the first African-American to win the Scripps National Spelling Bee. Eighth grader from Louisiana spelled the word Mariah correctly to win. According to the Associated Press Avant-Garde, 14 is a basketball prodigy who holds three Guinness World Records for dribbling multiple balls simultaneously. In addition, Louisiana State University President William F. Tate IV tweeted Saturday that avant-garde academic performance reflected the scholarship's first and modeled intellectual excellence. He offered her a full scholarship to LSU. Andrea, your thoughts on this very wonderful story? I think it's fantastic. It's about time. But I mean, I have watched the spelling bee for years and it hurts my brain with the words that these kids have to spell. I don't even know them. And the fact that they are have worked this hard to spell is amazing. And the thing that this young lady had, you know, it was like going, it was down to the wire. She would spell one, the other kid would spell one. Um, and I, I think it's just wonderful to see this young lady herald um, for her accomplishment of spelling a word that I still don't know. And, don't even think how to use it in a sentence, but um, I'll be looking it up. But I mean, I think it's wonderful and I think it's fantastic. And it goes to show that you never know who's gonna be the best of the best, especially when it comes to spelling. Wade, your thoughts on this story? A great story, very interesting, uh, very happy for her. Uh, in the bigger picture, it, it, sh it shows that academics and sports can merge together. Uh, a lot of times you'll, see that they try to paint the picture if you are, are into uh, sports or athletics that you're not into academics. And uh, that's not totally true. 
And uh, so for someone like this to, to be a basketball prodigy, still do well in this and, and showcase her, her academic abilities, very telling. Uh, hopefully it, it'll bring more people of color to recognize that they can do more than one thing great at the same time. Uh, I put this in the category of things like chess and things like that, and hopefully uh, more Black folks will decide to uh, venture into some of those areas that is not necessarily uh, thought of when you think of a, of a, of a Black or, or person of color being, being involved in on a high level. And so uh, kudos to her. I uh, hope uh, 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 the youth of America is looking and, and watching and saying, hey, uh, she can do it. Uh, I can do it too. And I can do more things than just one. Suhana, your thoughts on this wonderful story? Um, John, what makes me excited is that uh, I'm, I'm someone from Indian origin. So the top three participants, two of them were uh, Indian, Indian origin, girls from Indian origin, I believe. Um, so it's so I can see like there were two people brown and one person black and what and such as I know we have come a quite far in terms of racial uh, equality like though we have a lot to achieve we have still come quite far and every time I see the simplest things uh, it makes me really happy I think uh, the victor must uh, celebrate their uh, their victory with uh, some fireworks. And uh, it's a great, great time to be a winner. I mean, this whole year, this pandemic, and I'm sure it must have added some amount of stress to even those children with schools going completely online. I mean, I don't think any generation after this should be seeing this. So in middle of all this, they were true to their passion and and those spelling bee competitions are really really competitive really big deal i feel it's almost like elite league of competitions but uh and uh, the person got won there so it's exciting and it's very happy and it's a happy news i i my, i just send my heartiest congratulations and uh, i hope we see more people as winners and be and they are people of color in the end i hope so uh, Maeve, your thoughts on this story? You know, I'm really proud of her. To be so young, I think you said she was 14, to be so young and to uh, win such a large national competition is absolutely amazing. Um, and like Suhana said, those competitions are extremely competitive and there's a whole, um, they have a large, large following. So I think it's amazing what she's done and I'm really proud of her and um, she deserves everything that she's gotten, um, especially in the digital age too. You know, we have autocorrect <laughs> right at our fingertips. So to know how to spell very complicated words at such a young age is a huge flex. I, I just have to say, I, the one thing that I did not do this year is I like watching Shonda Rhimes' Twitter feed during the spelling bee because she's a huge spelling bee fan and I would wanted to know what her reaction was to all of this and I'm kicking myself because I didn't watch it this year to see what her reaction was and honestly I mean honestly uh, I feel a little jealous considering uh, I'm a college student who can't uh, get by her, any of her assignments without checking it on Grammarly for some basic 
these and e's and ands a kid who is uh, 14 i don't know how many years younger than me is just spelling the most complicated words at her fingertips on a competitive level uh, makes me want to do a little better and now our final story of the day the united states men's basketball team had their best game on tuesday evening with a 108 to 80 victory over argentina in las vegas this comes after back to back F- This comes after back-to-back exhibition losses against Nigeria and Australia. But despite the losses, the men's team's chances for success remain high as the United States has still won 15 out of the 19 Olympic gold medals awarded in men's basketball. Wade, your thoughts on this story? It's amusing uh at one point is concerning in another. Uh when you think of the men's uh US basketball team you uh just think of superiority um the nba players are supposed to be the best in the world uh some of these t- uh teams from the other nations they have nba players on their team but usually it's two at most maybe three but the us team not only does it have a, a team full of uh, nba players uh they are the top supposedly players of the nba And so I know a lot of people uh will say well yeah they lost but it was just exhibition games it don't mean anything and it probably won in the end they probably will go ahead and win the gold medal however when you put a little seed of confidence in in someone uh no matter what the field and in in this case is a lot of those other teams were looking at that and they were thinking now that maybe just maybe I have a chance and uh that makes it a little tougher but we're not back where we were back in 92 with the dream team uh the other countries have improved their players and all that and everything but again you don't want to give anyone confidence and that dream team of 1992 um they made sure that everybody knew going in that they were the dominant team and they were going to kick your butt no matter what and if you would bring that team there from 1992 to today they would not have lost those exhibition games to to Nigeria and Argentina they would not have would not have let that happen because they knew that they needed that that level of confidence and, and superiority going in before even the first official games Andrea your thoughts on the story well i would just say it's kind of like the the pre-game warm up kind of like you know the Bengals when the preseason you hope for the best they perform the worst but in the end something good will happen i'm i'm going to take the same philosophy with the the olympic team the olympic basketball team you know they came together first exhibition game second exhibition game they won today but still you didn't you wouldn't think that Nigeria would beat the US. You know, US is number 1, Nigeria was number 27 according to Wade. But, you know, I I'm just going to take a a wait and see attitude and keep my fingers crossed it will see gold. Well, that's the top news stories of the week. Uh I want to thank everyone for coming on. Thank you Andrea, thank you Wade, thank you Sahana, and thank you May for giving your thoughts on this week's topics. And uh if you like the topics we talked about today, make sure to check out the stories on our website at www.thecincinnatiherald.com 
You can also check out our print edition, which is sold at your local Kroger, UDF, Walgreens, Joseph Beth Booksellers, and Select Service Stations. And make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, and TuneIn Radio. Just search for the Cincinnati Herald Podcast. Follow us at the Cincinnati Herald on Facebook. Follow us at Cincy Herald on Twitter and Instagram. And follow us on YouTube. Just search for the Herald TV. I'm John Alexander Reese, digital editor of the Cincinnati Herald, and have a good day. Mm-hmm.